0: It's a great pleasure to be here. Um, today I'm going to talk about you know I'm a, I'm a sociologist working on social stratification inequality in China. Many focus on China with comparative perspective. Uh, today's topic okay is uh, slightly different from most of the topic I'm working with okay on, in on China. Uh, it's uh, ethnic stratification uh, in China's labor market. Evidence from Xinjiang, uh, Uyghur enormous region. Uh, I am not from Xinjiang. I'm not ethnic minority, right? But uh, you know how I got interested in this topic. Okay, this in, uh, this topic, uh, there must be some motivations. Okay, um, in the past few uh, or past few years, right? Uh, my major research was working on uh, so-called uh, the impact or social impact of economic and social transitions. Um, uh, in China, particularly on the implication for social inequality, right, the restructuring of of social inequality uh, among different social groups in China. Uh, For some of you, uh, probably not all of them, right. So in the literature on China, uh, in the English literature on on Chinese Chinese sociology, there is a burning literature on so-called Social strat, this is a heated topic, right? So social stratification and the m- mobility, uh, under the framework, uh, called the market transition theory initiated by a, a Cornell sociologist, David Noh Uh, so a lot of well-known Chinese sociologists, uh, we actually made a career out of this, this called a debate, right? The, the major issue in the debate, uh, is basically trying to test a claim, uh, uh a claim uh, made by, by Victor Nee at the uh, Cornell University. He made a claim saying uh, the, the China or other socialist countries, right, the transition from a planned economy or redistributive economy to a market economy will lead to some kind of a changing effect of uh, political capital and the human capital uh, uh, in those countries, okay, in the countries. Uh, so this basically dominated the, the literature on China and some of the Eastern European countries, okay, the study, uh, in the 1990s. Uh, among this literature, I, you know, personally, I actually, in, I participated in my, some of my publication was trying to also respond to, to the debate. But, uh, later actually I reflected this debate and I realized is that, uh, a the lot of unresolved issues Basically, it's a lot of, you know, the framework, the problem with the fra- theoretical framework, with the measurement issues, uh, et cetera, et A lot of, uh, you know, undetermined, uh, you know, the, 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 the process or mechanisms which are unclear uh, in the debates. But, however, now, uh, we know we studied inequality and the stratification. Uh, uh, we know uh, in sociology, there are three major categories if we approach inequality, tackle inequality, right? The race class, and gender, right? And uh, for Chinese, in Western scholarship we know race or ethnicity is a big topic, but in China uh, few researchers or few scholars indeed have paid attention to to ethnic minority how they failed in the rapidly changing society or economic system for many reasons, okay, Uh, and uh, previous I did not pay attention because I saw you know in China this is a, you know, this not very important issue, right? So Chinese uh, ethnic minority account only for 99%, less than 9% of the national population. Many concentrated in the western part of the China, okay, very remote border areas. Secondly, the Chinese, the minority indeed is very, very Heterogeneous group. China, the majority, the, the majority group called Han Chinese. I'm a Han, right? Even women, probably we call this Han Chinese. Majority of people are Han Chinese. Uh, so other ethnic minority are uh, 55 designated ethnic minority. They're quite heterogeneous. Heterogeneous, ranging from very advanced. So-called advanced means a socioeconomic development. So Korean Chinese, right? Which they actually their education attainment and socio-economic status probably was among the highest in China, even higher than Han Chinese, okay, and to those, say, Tibetans, right, uh, Tibetans, uh, you know, the literacy, illiteracy rate was would be, uh, would be uh, extremely high, okay, uh, maybe 30 percent, I can't remember the exact number. And the third reason for this ignorance is the data limitation, is that uh, we sociologists working on stratification, we got to have data. But uh, The data we currently have, right, could not afford us for a a breakdown analysis between specific groups of, uh, and uh, and also for detailed information. For some census data, for example, we do have a a large number of cases for each uh, minority groups, but uh, we don't have uh, information on other socioeconomic. uh, 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 attainment information, but however, the reason how I got interested in these issues—I never been to Xinjiang, right? I'm not ethnic minority—is—is uh, uh, some of things, uh, some of the events, right? Probably you have also paid attention to. Uh, have taken place in China is uh, ethnic uh, uh, conflicts in China was escalating uh in the recent years. Uh now the first one is uh is two thousand eight. The initially I got interested in this topic is indeed started from uh Tibetan unrest in nineteen uh uh two thousand eight, okay, uh March march fourteenth. Uh uh, this, uh, the, a group of, uh, you know, people, in, in Lhasa, basically, is uh, this probably is, uh, is something related to, to Tibetan uprising, uh, in 19, uh, in 1959, okay, 59. And, uh, when I was in Beijing in 2000, 2009, okay, July 5th, right, I was staying in a hotel, I saw the news, right, and that really, really, uh, you know, intrigued me to study this, uh, you know, uh, ethnic issues. Uh, initially, I looked for look at the, at the Tibetan data when when Tibetan unrest or happened, right? And I tabulated data. Unfortunately, because Tibet issues, right? Is a, in Tibet, the data is a Tibetan still account for for more than 95 percent of the population, and uh, the data right cannot afford us to compare uh Tibetans with even Han or, or Hui, right? Who are the major, you know, two major targeted group among, in this, uh, by, by Tibetan people, okay. Uh, so, so how to account for this ethnic unrest? Uh, there are a number of, uh, you know, number of speculations, and uh, usually if we look at uh, this, uh, the newspapers, again, according to New York Times, right, at least the one account by journalism, right, is that writing seems to be primarily an eruption of ethnic hatred, right, uh, you know, some other in some other places in this world, right? You also see this, and some Tibetans. This is com- actually commentating on, on, on the first event. Uh, also complained by social discrimination, unequal pay, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. There are also a number of articles uh, pub- in, in, in some magazines, right, talking about the, 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 the Xinjiang uh, issues related to this. This uh, quite similar to these comments. So apart from political religious reasons, right, we know um, uh, 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 Tibetan and Uyghur people also feel strongly being left behind in China's booming economy, uh, since economic opportunity are increasingly taken over by Han Chinese and migrants from other provinces. So basically this is a just, uh, just anecdotal observations. So we social scientists were trying to to test it with the data, whether it is true or not, right? Other than, the, say, say separatist or some religious, you know, uh, reasons, you know, uh, uh, in outside of China, right? There some, must be some some internal factors, which or social economic source of this this ethnic uh, un- unrest. Now, this is uh, some of the uh, uh, news, right? From uh, or pictures uh, from the Xinjiang riots and. Uh, we, so far, we did not see any real pictures, but according to some of the, some informal source, right, uh, uh, no, the, for the st- statistics, the numbers, of uh, uh, close to 200 people uh, died or killed, right, mostly majority were Chinese, uh, Han Chinese, many of them tourists, right, killed by Uyghurs, uh, just for sudden unexpected assaults. And, uh, 200, and, uh, and, uh, the sort of were very, very brutal, uh, according to some people who saw the pictures, but this picture were not allowed to put in, put in, uh, put on the, the internet because that will probably trigger another, you know, unrest, like or, or retaliations by Han people. Indeed, this is the first time, indeed, this is the first time Han people went on the street, right? The majority of people they went down the street, tried to try to like, retaliate. Of course, you know the the police uh, government were trying to appease them, say we're going to you know uh, to to protect your security, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. So 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 this is from from the the uh, uh, the this is a this is a uh, yeah something you know initially triggered my 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 research interest our research interest. There also there there is a a theoretical motivations behind this because so we are interested in so-called the state and the market as competing forces in you know as a mechanism competing mechanism for resource allocation therefore uh, shaping or reshaping the structure of inequalities. We know under the socialist under the state of socialism or socialist China government as, as you know maybe observed in, in, in other socialist countries uh, uh, the government has long implemented uh, various policies in favor of ethnic minorities uh, to promote access to education and job opportunities. Now we're talking about ethnic minority if you apply the same principle to rules to say women right? you know again women were protected okay um so that could be another topic now as this redistribution or redistributive state gradually retreated from from the economic sphere now such preference preferential policies have been under high pressure and to some extent have given up to, uh, giving away to competitive labor market me- mechanisms. Because now government, in the old days, they can just order it by administrative command, right? Say, hey, you, how, how many, you know, ethnic minority you should hire? How many, how much you should pay to this ethnic minority? They shouldn't have a discrimination. But now because, say, even state-owned enterprises, right, they actually, they are facing market competition. And, uh, you know, as happened elsewhere in China, the state-owned, state enterprise reform is a was trying to give more autonomy to, to enterprises, right? And also there is a plus a, a booming private sectors. So government just have no means to, at least for now, right? They probably will seek another, you know, alternative means, right? To, to implement their, their ethnic policies but at this moment is that uh, they have no effective means to to order, right? To order enterprises or you know, private enterprises, even state enterprises to implement their policies. So to what extent the, the growing whether so first question is uh, whether ethnic inequality has, has been increased, okay, over time in China and to what extent this has can be Attributed to so-called the retreat from retreat of the state influence or state intervention and rising of market mechanisms, right? This has been not been uh, uh, thoroughly investigated by by scholars and also policymakers. Even policymakers probably they don't have any statistics about how worse, right? Ethnic minority now are doing compared to 20 or 30 years ago. Now. There is also policy concerns. The policy concerns is that uh, about ten years ago, more than ten years ago, China started a a, a huge, very ambitious uh, Western development strategy. A lot of money, right? Actually, a uh, physical transfer from the central government to these border areas, trying to develop the western areas. But we know what the, trying to address the growing uh, rural-urban inequality and a regional inequality in china but uh, we know uh minorities are concentrated in uh, in western areas right now so many of the minorities because of growing inequalities in in, uh, in uh, among regions right minority are concentrated in uh in uh in uh, in western areas so so they are they are actually the their their well-beings are even uh, uh much worse. Uh, so the Western development strategy was trying to trying to address this issue. So a lot of economic investment right, from from central government from from eastern part of the uh, of, of the country indeed flow into uh, into uh, Xinjiang, Tibet, and uh, other bordered areas. But it seems like this development strategy or big chunk of investment and uh, economic fru- uh, outcomes, right, have satisfied neither Han or no minor, my minority, ethnic minorities. Han people said, well, you know, the, particularly the Han people in elsewhere, right? Other part of China said, hey, we actually poured so much money, right? In that region, but it seems like it did not buy any satisfaction, right? Uh, so uh, in terms of economic efficiency, we shouldn't put the money into Xinjiang, but we actually contribute a lot of to, resources to Xinjiang. Uh, have not, this, this big physical transfer have not mitigated ethnic animosity and promote, uh, peaceful coexistence, as expected. Ethnic minority also have uh, some complaints. They said the Chinese government, yes, this money comes to Xinjiang and to Tibet, but, uh, but uh, again, this mainly, for, mainly benefit the Han Chinese and the migrants. Right? So the investment come here with migrants, right? So, local people, particularly ethnic minorities, are not a major beneficiary of this economic growth. Now, we focus on Xinjiang because Tibet, I don't have data. So, Xinjiang, why Xinjiang is important. You see the background here, this highlight. Xinjiang actually accounts for one-sixth of the China's total territory, and it's rich in resources, natural resources. Uh, in Xinjiang, there's among these 55 ethnic minorities, right? Xinjiang actually have Forty-seven recognized ethnic groups in, in this uh, one, one sixth of the territory, but the two major groups are Uyghur and Han. Uyghur is Muslim, right? Han Chinese. Now, about six sixty-four versus forty. Okay. Oh, sorry. Forty-six to uh, versus forty. Okay. So these are two major groups they are competing with each other. As other ethnic minority really they need to align with uh, with uh, with uh, these two, right? Mostly. Mostly other ethnic minority were belong with Han, indeed, okay, ironically, with Han because they were bullied by, by the majority, okay, in the history. So a case, this Xinjiang's case, uh, well representing China's tra- trajectory of uh, of economic development and also escalate ethnic, uh, ethnic uh, uh, conflicts now Xinjiang here this is a Xinjiang map right there are some other ethnic autonomous uh, regions here Mongolia Inner Mongolia Tibet this is Guangxi right Guangxi uh, now Xinjiang the reason why because Xinjiang indeed Xinjiang is not the backward area Xinjiang's economic growth if you look at the GDP per capita and the and the economic growth rate, right? Xinjiang actually, particularly in recent years, is above national average, okay, compared to Tibet, compared to uh, other, say, Guizhou uh, province, those west, southwestern uh, provinces. Xinjiang actually economically are doing quite well, quite well. But however, if you look at Xinjiang recently, of course, there's some outside, uh, particularly the, what's happening in, in, uh, in East Asia, right? Um, uh, Not East Asia, Mid-East, uh, Central Asia. Um, so, ethnically, uh, uh, Xinjiang also uh, is the, the ethnic conflict was much more serious than than other uh, other uh, places. Uh, in 19, I can give you some figures which I I cited from second source. 1998, right? Six, seven, six, se- seventy, seventy series incidents were reported. Okay, reported from some sources which m- m- most of us did not uh, pay attention to, causing more than. S- 40, 48, so 300, almost 400 deaths. Southern Xinjiang and also the western part of the Xinjiang was severely, uh, well, uh, you know, the, has severe un, unemployment and other economic problems. And this area appears be the hotbed uh, of this activity. So now we talk about, you know, other scholars will talk about the, you know, terrorists, right? also, you know, you're trying to look at, in say, uh, many countries, and uh, they're trying to link this to, to, you know, unemployment, some kind of a social economic. Uh, 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 reasons, okay. Now, in Xinjiang, probably you don't know is that we know internal migration since economic reform, right? In China, now is more than 14 percent of Chinese people are mobile. However, uh, majority, of, you know, the, the general impression will be they, they, are, they are moving to Guangdong, right, to to the coastal areas. But indeed, one of the popular destination, which if you look at the statistic, right, is Xinjiang. Okay, in addition to Shanghai Guangdong, right? Is uh Shanghai Guangdong Beijing. This is uh economic developed areas. Xinjiang Xinjiang's uh the Han migrants now currently actually uh, is is one of the uh, Xinjiang is one of the populist uh, populist, uh popular popular uh, destination of, of uh Han migrants. Um uh, little bit of history. Before, before 1949. before nineteen forty nine, Xinjiang uh seventy percent of the, the 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 residents, the right, population was 70 percent were Uyghurs. Uyghurs, only 7 percent were Han. You know, since so-called a communist came to power, right, and Xinjiang was 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 seized by by they called peaceful peaceful liberation, but basically that uh, you know for the reason that there's no war, of course, right? They just go there because Xinjiang indeed was originally was controlled by not by by by. By Uyghur, right? Indeed, it's by Han uh, warlords. So, so they went there, uh, and uh, so, so this peaceful liberation. Then, after that, the government, the government, the central government uh, systematically organized migrations, okay, Han migrants into Xinjiang. So, under the the, the cap, the the this is called uh, Xinjiang Production and Construction Corps. So, they are military units. They go there, but there's you know there's no war, so they'll stay there just to become a farmers right so uh so so once there's are some kind of ethnic rights they become you know they can be uh, reorganized and uh, as as a military units so this uh, Xinjiang production constraint corps is located in Xinjiang autonomous uh, regions, but it's a unit does not belong to this provincial government it's an uh, additional is, a, is another provincial unit under the central government, okay, under the central government. So this is a kind of separation, right, trying to also maintain the stability or, or political controls of the of the region. Now during the Cultural Revolution, uh, a lot of sent down youths also went to, uh, or moved to Xinjiang. Uh, 1990s, this is internal migration, which I mentioned, uh, mentioned just a few minutes ago. So if you look at this Xinjiang population, right, the demographic change, which is, which is, uh, amazing here, is, uh, Xinjiang originally 70% of Han, Han, uh, the ethnic minority, uh, the Uyghurs, right? So in the very short period, the Uyghurs, the composition will Uyghurs dropped to, to below 50%, below 50%. Uh, so this is, uh, this is, a, uh, economic, when economic reform started, uh, slightly, the Uyghur people slightly c- increased because here, there are some people, uh, the, the down youth went back to, uh, to, to, to inland, to coastal areas. And also because of the fertility control, the one child policy were implemented to hand Chinese more restrictly than, uh, strictly than Uyghurs. Okay. The ethnic minor ethnic minority, usually they're allowed to at least they have two. Okay. So two children, but the, voluntarily. So, so, uh, the one child policy is voluntary, voluntary. So, but you can see here. So this probably don't see this this trend is that in recent years, right? Recent years indeed, Han migration actually overpassed the the the, the population growth of uh, ethnic uh, the Uyghurs. Now the Chinese government also uh, since uh, after the Cultural Revolution they sent so so during the Maoist period, of course, because you see this is a massive forced migration, right? Of course, there are a lot of unrest, which we don't know the, exactly what's happening, but. But this suppression, uh, you know, some kind of very brutal suppressions, which caused a lot of, I, I guess, you know, cause a lot of hatred. So since the economic reform, uh, the, then uh, the, the, party secretary, uh, Hu Yaobang, who, you, you know, so whose death indeed tricked the June 4th, right? June 4th, uh, the, the chairman uh, incident. So, so uh when he was uh, he was a party secretary he was kind of more open minded so he he implemented a lot of policy were trying to trying to uh uh to uh to 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 partly actually i think is a, uh alleviate the the you know some kind of a, uh uh those called a leftist or or sort brutal policies right towards this uh, 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 uh particularly uh Uyghurs. So, so he in under his regime right, he implemented sort called 60 percent quotas right uh said just like what here uh, you know is under the socialist period right this actually is in the 80s is that 60 percent of quotas should be reserved for for education right for even for police and army re- enlist for job recruitment because because Ha, only account for 40% right 40% so this is asking minority quotas just like affirmative action but under the you know tradition administrative commands so state of design and a policy had worked quite well uh, government imperatives could be exactly effective during the 80s because everything was controlled by government through the downway system downway system however now we know this probably who is going to listen to you right so with a waning effectiveness of government policy now not only we face intensified competition from local Han chinese because this this is market economy right and uh, and uh, their their predicaments was further exacerbated by 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 migrants Migrants in from far away, from outside of Xinjiang. We know migration, right? Long-distance migration, of course, they're more competitive because it's self-selection, right? Otherwise, they won't go. So, so that's our question. Of course, was trying to 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 use the data to find out is to what extent, right? The ethnic minority or ethnic inequality can be attributed to this this process of marketization. Okay, marketization. We don't have longitudinal data. I don't think we have any longitudinal data which will allow us to address this this ethnic inequality issues. Okay. Uh, now uh, there are some, you know, we know some longitudinal data, but that small. You know, at least the small the sample size or too small, right? can do this for for particularly for Uyghur and a chan comparison, Han comparisons. Therefore we actually approximate uh sectoral difference. So we have sectoral difference to 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 measure or gauge the impact of market transition on the well being of ethnic minorities. Now we have sectors, right? One, two, three, four. Uh, so we have four sectors, nine so, government sectors, right, government institution sector, which basically rely on distribution, the resource coming from redistribution, physical re, uh, redistribution, and uh, public enterprises, right, state-owned enterprise and the collective enterprises, which was owned, partly owned by government, but uh, again, they, now they have to face to market competition, right, for economic efficiency. Private enterprises, which have been growing uh, dramatically since, uh, I think, uh, uh, 1992 Canadians okay, after a few years after a uh, Tiananmen Tianan incident and a self-employment sector basically there's no entry barriers right so if you know nothing else you can do you cannot find a job you can always go on the street to to you know to, to sell cakes or the, you know some, uh, some some petty goods etc okay now if we look at that basically this can can form a a, a continent or hierarchy right which indicate state influence is declining from state, from government, government institution towards their self-employment. Now, the data we use, right, uh, is, uh, is, uh, is a mini-census of, of, uh, a mini- population mini-census of Xinjiang. Uh, we restrict the sample to Uyghur and Han people, okay, Han people. We got a sample size is over 20,000, 22,000, which is impossible for us to conduct a survey, right, in, in, uh, in Xinjiang with such a big sample size. The uniqueness of, of, of this data set, not only because of its sample size, but for the first time, the mini sensors of China, uh, include the informations which, you know, we, uh, for the first time include the the the, the questions which were do- adopted in elsewhere okay in the world so this is the first time they they ask employment status they ask the, your 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 income they ask the uh, the uh the benefits uh, many other uh, information very detailed uh, detailed uh, uh, survey uh now, the dependent variable, we have two dependent variables. One is a sector placement, right, where, where did you end up? Then the second one is, is monthly uh, their earnings. Independent variables, our key independent variable, we're trying to compare to uh, three, three groups, Han locals, Han migrants, and Uyghurs. Han migrants are migrants from outside of China, of, uh, outside of Xinjiang. And uh, uh, Uyghurs, most, 99% of Uyghurs, from Xinjiang and stay in Xinjiang, so we don't, we, we just uh, uh, exclude uh, uh, Uyghur migrants. Uh, we have, we divided our sample into five employment sectors, agriculture and non-agriculture. Non-agriculture include government institutions, state-owned enterprise, private enterprise and self-employment. Other controlled demo- variables, demographic variables including education, um, you know, age, uh, gender and, uh, and the hukou, okay, so, uh, some of the descriptive statistics here is that you can see uh, 70% of Uyghurs in China, uh, in, in Xinjiang, indeed, uh, working in agriculture sector, only 35% of, of, of Han Chinese, local Han Chinese were working in agriculture, okay, in agricultural sectors. So you can see there's some kind of a se- sector segregation. In rural samples, Uyghurs were even more disadvantaged in agriculture sector than in non-agricultural sectors. Urban, okay, which is our focus, is urban migrants uh, have shown a, a great edge in non-agricultural sectors than in agricultural sectors. So urban migrants indeed are more competitive. Now, if you look at the sector distributions, right? I uh, the, I did not put the bars. Indeed, I use I treat this as a continent. So from from the 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 decline of the state influence and the rising of market forces, you can see here is that the 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 yellow one. This is Han Chinese. Hand locals, indeed. If you, if you look at this, there's no pattern, right? No pattern. Basically, they're equally distributed, uh, randomly distributed in all sectors. Okay, variation. But if you look at uh, migration, okay, the migration, internal in migrants, migrate. Migrants is that uh, migrants because we know migrants, Chinese, Chinese. Uh, uh, there, is, there, is a, there is a famous institution called a Hukou, right, which restricts migra- migrations. So employment, indeed, in the government sector, this basically is, is a socialist uh, legacies. You can see in the government sector, they are actually the, the most discriminated migrants. They don't al- al- allow any migrants to come in, okay? So you can see migrants basically mostly worked in the more marketized sector, less control, right? Migrant, mi- mi- migrants will come in, okay, to feel the this, uh, this, uh, so this, this is my, my uh, the trend for migrants, and for ethnic minority, for Uyghurs, you can see here this is bimodal distribution. That means there are some people, right? They're even more likely than local Han people to be placed in, sacro, in in government sectors, because of the you know socialist influence, the socialist legacies, right? But other than that. So outside of these economic sectors, right? Outside this government. So in economic sectors, you can see here is that they basically they follow quite similar to these migrant workers. Okay. So and most of them, if they cannot have this this preferential treatment, they will end up well. this self-employment sector, right? It's a residual sector which you can't find any jobs, and you do self self-employment. Now the model we use a uh, multinomial logistic model to. To predict the sector, sector, uh, sector uh, attainment. Uh, then we look at the linear regressions and we also uh, try to compare, try to, uh, to uh, we, 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 we use uh, a decomposition method by, some of you know, the Brom method uh, to to try to find out, to compare whether, you know, the, the inequality, whether this is due to sector segregation or due to within sector so-called discrimination, right? That discrimination means accounting for those observed factors, you still have something which are unexplained within the sectors. Now, these are uh, this decomposition method, which I, I'm going to ignore. Some of the empirical findings here. Now, if you look at this, uh, the, uh, the income, okay, the, uh, the OLS regression with fixed effect, the log- log- logarithm of income for Xinjiang, the Han Chinese, okay, one surprising, uh, results, okay, is if you, if you look at the full sample, right, Han Chinese, uh, Han migrants indeed, uh, compared to, are doing much better than local Han, and uh, if you look at the Uyghurs, right, Uyghurs are doing much worse. Worse. For the full sample. For the full sample. And if we separate this, because we know Uyghurs mostly are concentrated in agricultural sectors. So for agriculture sector, of course, even worse than that, right? Worse. Uh, because this actually partly can be uh, explained by rural-urban uh, divide. Within the non-agricultural sector, we see the same, same, same patterns, okay, same pattern, even for migrants, okay? So which is a very interesting, we, a very interesting uh, a phenomenon, a pattern. Now, our major focus right is, is on this non agricultural employment, the placement in, in non agricultural sectors. If we look compare this public sectors, the multinomial logistic regression shows here how migrants, of course, you know, just confirm the pattern I showed you, right? The the, the figure I showed you, how migrants are much less likely to be to enter government sectors. For the reason is that the institutional arrangement, right, it does not allow people without local registration system, registration status to, to be employed. Just like here, you know, I cannot be employed by, you know, I'm a, I'm a visitor, right? So I, I don't have any legal status, you know, can, can you know, uh, the paper uh, legal status for me to, to work in, say, in, in, in UK, okay? So, but if you look at the Uyghurs, right, in the confirm our observations, the Uyghurs are much more likely to... Enter government sectors. So government, government institutional institution means those, you know, universities is government-funded, public uh, 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 government-funded, state-funded institutions. For private sector, okay, for private sector, other than other factors, uh, I, I I won't uh, explain. So for private enterprise, high uh, migrants are more likely, okay, to to entering private sector compared to versus this public enterprises. Um, Okay, for self-employed, in the uh, in the uh, the pattern, the the figure I I I gave you, that we know migrants are more likely, even migrants, this high distribution, are skewed towards the self-employed. But control for other factors, other these characteristics, right? They are less likely to enter self-employment. So you know, equally qualified people, right? They are more likely to go to the the sect the, the enterprises enterprises uh, private enterprises. If you look at the Uyghurs, so Uyghurs for sect for for enterprises, regardless whether that's public or or private enterprises, there's no difference. Most of them. So this is really very clear pattern. This bimodal, right? That if you cannot enter here, then you basically most of them will be more likely to, to end up in the very end of this this, this hierarchy, this, this hierarchy. Now, if we do this, this com, uh, decomposition of ethnic earnings, ethnic earnings. Now, if you look at this, this you can see first of all, local Han and the Uyghurs, the difference, right? Thirty percent. 30, 33, 30, uh, one third, right? So more than one third. But even for local Han and, and the migrants, the, the income difference, right? Differentials only 7%, okay? 8%. So it's much smaller than ethnic inequality, okay? Much smaller. Now, so this 100%, if we run the decomposition, uh, via the, the, with, with the Brown method, then we can see here is most of, most of the, the explained part, right? is within sector difference. So, ethnic minority, right? The ethnic inequality are within sector difference. Dominate, okay, can explain most part. Of course, the majority are unexplained because we only have limited, uh, uh, uh variables, including our model. 17%, okay, 70%, 17%. Only 6% can be explained by, by so-called a sectoral, sectoral difference, right? Sectoral distribution. Uh, now for high and, the Local Han and migrants, you can see this 100%, right? Many of them, majority of them, can be explained by sector segregations. For the reason is that, so Han, we, uh, the, the Han migrants earn less, right? Mainly because they're concentrated to low-paid sectors. Low-paid sectors. Within the sector, indeed, okay, uh, the, the interesting thing, even within the sectors, Han, Han migrants earn even slightly higher than Han locals for the reason, of course, they work hard, they work longer. You know, there's a lot of selectivity issues, right? The work, uh, uh, you know, uh, something or we we did not, uh, we we could not, uh, we don't have data to to account for. But so so this for actually counteract, right? Counterbalance to some extent this. This, uh, so this the reason why it's negative right is, is, is uh, actually it kindbal the the uh, the, uh, the sector segregation effect sector segregation effect now to summarize okay so ethnic inequality okay uh, between Uyghur and Han locals were mainly from within groups se- difference okay rather than from sector segregation sector segregation did not contribute to much of inequality earning uh, inequality between uh, Uyghurs and Han locals. Uh, Uyghurs sector distribution sometimes offset part of, uh, of, uh, of the earnings disadvantage. Yeah. The inequality, t- earnings inequality between Han migrants uh, were largely due to segre- se- sector segregation. Now, so the overall disadvantage of Han migrants, which is not the focus of, of our our, our, you know this paper but I think it's it's it served as a good example to control to uh, as a comparison at right, uh, you know ha- whether you know it's within the the Han right you have different uh, migration status or there's a boundary between Han and and ethnic boundaries so this negative figure suggests this you know within group Han, Han migrants are even paid more than uh, Han locals etc which I just mentioned now so we know Ethnic inequality were major mainly due to due to within sector difference, right? So now I further I run another model. So for each sector, we see within sectors. So, for each sector, we compare ethnic uh, or, or or earnings inequality with a fixed effect. This uh, log earnings. Again, you can see here. Now, Uyghurs, right? There's no difference in Han migrant if they could enter into the sectors right so Chinese government right in the government sector they're really a very very egalitarian right there's no difference of course right It's a government but you know the problem is that whether you can get in right so once you get in there's no difference right Uh, very socialism okay very socialism in public sector we see public sector uh... let's look at Uyghurs Uyghurs more disadvantaged negative significant earns about the 12% 12% less, right, than Han locals, if they were be able to enter, uh, public sector to work. Um, for Han migrants, right, they actually earn slightly higher, okay? Now, in private sector, Uyghurs become even worse. Even worse. 13%, almost more than 35%, okay? 35% self-employment sector even worse right so even these people we know most of the Uyghurs were concentrated in these sectors right even within this sector they are not so competitive compared to the Han locals and the migrant workers migrant workers now so so this summary is that self-employment sector is a continental increase right so with the increase of market forces or market competition, so-called, right, and the decline of state intervention, state egalitarian policies, you see the government sector, no difference, public sector increase 12%, 29% indeed, exponentially, and forty-four percent, forty-four percent. And we did a test, right, across these three uh, uh uh four uh four equations, right? They are Hausman the tests, they're statistically significant. Now to give you a, a more intuitive patterns, right? This is a, this is the ethnic minority, the how Uyghurs fail you know, as this called market forces or market competition increases, right? So we were this is one that means uh, Han compared to Han people, Han locals, right? We were on 96 percent, 90, right? Uh, of of Han local people uh, with the same characteristics, right? But this is not a sign, statistically significant. Then there's eighty eight, seventy one, and sixty four. Okay. Now, so to conclude, okay, ethnic earnings gap in Xinjiang were larger. In the agriculture sector, where most, uh, most Uyghur works in the non-agriculture sector. Within the non-agriculture sector, uh, Uyghurs are more likely to work in government sector, okay, government, uh, government institution than Han, han local, uh, people and do as much, earn as much as, so the, as, as Han locals. Yeah. Ethnic inequality was great, greater in the economic sector when the state influence has declined and the market forces were in place. Han locals were more likely to work in public sector and Han migrants were more likely to, uh, to enter private sector. We were, if they were not be able to get into the government sector, right? Then mostly, they're mostly likely, most likely end up in, in the self-employed, right? So the, the, in the, within the public sector, they face In the public sector, they face, in terms of earnings, they face competition. They are competing with Han locals, okay? Han locals. In the private sector, booming private sector, they're competing with Han migrants, okay? Han migrants, which they don't have any advantage. Then even with this, you know, popular destination, right, they're still, they're doing much worse. So, therefore... Right? That actually confirmed what, uh, what, uh, you know, some journalists said, you know, uh, even that, you know, uh, you know, in New York Times or I think it's, uh, we, which is called Far is another journal I can't remember. So, it, so it's not surprising if we go feel felt frustrated in the you know, increasing opportunities, right? Were taken away by Han people, uh, even, you know, in the, you know, fast growing uh, uh, economy right so so uh, so how migrants indeed from the other side of the issues right which we know in a lot of issues a lot of you know literatures were what were, 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 were studying uh, internal migration in China but not focus on Xinjiang so so Han migrants on the other hand you can see is that the discrimination right indeed uh, was mainly by the state rather than by the market, right? So in the market sector, if you just uh, set them free, right? They're actually doing much better, okay? Now, so they, we call this called institutional discrimination against against migrants, right? But for ethnic minority, they used to be protected by by the state. So therefore, when the state retreated. Of course, they were discriminated, or you know, to some extent, they were put into a disadvantaged position by this market competition or forces. So, so basically, you know, going back to the original, our 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 so-called so-called theoretical issues, you can see here is that the two mechanisms is that with the transition from one mechanism to another, right? You can see different groups actually benefit from the process. Really depends on how they they. They they received resources right from the original the the, the mechanisms. Now so three decades of of, of uh, market reform, state preferential policy seems to make to be remain only effective in in government institutions. So if you say oh well ethnic inequality right growing ethnic inequality, uh, well you you I would say is that if you blame for Chinese government right, that's to some extent uh, they actually. To some extent, is that uh, they are, how to say it, uh, they sh- they should not be blamed to some extent because they did quite well in the jurisdiction they they can implement their policies, right? But on the other hand, is that some of the some of the fields you now is that because the government now cannot be, because of the growing economic sectors and uh, economic liberalisation. Government government or at least the state was not able to to send this this called the, the implemented policy in those in in those so so called economic fields okay to to force firms okay private sectors to implement the policies, state ethnic policies the preferential policies now so they can that this policy remains only effective in government institutions. So, the, on the one hand, they cannot be blamed, right? But on the, on the other hand, you have to find some alternative means, right, or measures, try to, you know, to 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 curb this this market market uh, market, institu- market uh, uh, discrimination against ethnic minorities, ethnic minorities. Now, so this basically is uh, is uh, is my 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 uh, my reflection of. Uh, on the findings. And if you look at, I did not mention anything about the gender, right? But even you look at uh, the, these figures, going back, if you look at the, the, the gender issues, right? The gender inequality, again, that actually confirmed with, with, with this general predictions, right? So with the state, the, influence, the state influence declining and the market in competition for, uh, uh, increases women indeed were at more disadvantaged positions right so of course this is not my 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 the focus of this paper but you can see this is a, this is a consistent with 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 the general our reflection of, of the switching of the two mechanisms of of of, of uh, uh, you know, how inequality was were, were generated okay thank you very much thank you.